The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Ring the bell for another edition of the only boxing show and podcast that you really need to keep you up to date on what's going on, not just in the U.S., but worldwide. Welcome into the latest edition of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am your somewhat capable and lucid host. We do have heavyweights on the mind on this edition of the podcast, especially with Polish-American unbeaten heavyweight contender Adam Kalnaski getting ready to feature on Saturday night in the U.S. on the P- on the PBC on Fox show, Premier Boxing Champions, uh, Barclays Center, Brooklyn, New York. Again, he's from that area. He should have a bunch of fans. Uh, he is an up-and-coming knockout guy. And so he's got the babyface. He's babyface AK. We're going to talk a lot about Kalnowski, his uh, possibilities of getting in the mix for a heavyweight title shot, especially if he's impressive. Uh, So that is going to be a big subject on the show. Of course, lots on Wilder and Fury and their third matchup coming up, and both fighters having spoken out uh, recently. We'll be discussing that. Let me tell you about the guest. We're going to have up first from the New York area, Michael Woods. Love some Woodsy. Uh, from nyfights.com in and around the New York boxing scene. Uh, he's been around Kownowski in this upcoming fight with Robert Hellenius, a, a journeyman 36-year-old fighter. He'll tell you more, Will Michael Woods, about the opponent for Kownowski and about this matchup and the heavyweight picture. And I'll get some thoughts uh, as well from Michael on the Wilder Fury fight, on Fury's victory, the aftermath, the third fight coming up, whether he's interested in it. And much more, we'll talk some as well about the trainer for uh, Deontay Wilder, Mark Breland, who's a New York guy and obviously uh, came under some fire for stopping the fight. So we'll talk about that, all of that with Michael Woods, including what's up with his site, nyfights.com, and his podcast as well. And then I get two for the price of one, a three-way conversation with Marquise John, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com, purveyor of the site, all the previews, all the recaps, all the news and the info, the historical pieces, it all funnels through Marquise's desk. I love his uh, commentary, his opinions, his humor. So we've got him talking heavyweights uh, for this week. He's also got his eye on that matchroom boxing show, Quig and Carol, uh, for this weekend as well. So Marquise has got a bunch to share with us. And we'll do that with Keith Eidek of BoxingScene.com, senior writer and columnist for that site. Keith does a great job reporting uh, and and writing and covering the sweet science as he has done for many years. He was at the Thursday press conferences uh, for Kownowski uh, and Hellenius and also on the undercard, um, F.A. Ajagbe, uh, another big heavyweight that that Premier Boxing Champions PBC wants to feature for some of their fights down the road. Keith will have thoughts on all of that. He'll have thoughts on uh, Fury Wilder too. We also have the breaking news of Thursday night that Canelo Alvarez is going to be back in the ring on May 2nd officially with Billy Joe Saunders. Fight not officially announced, but all but announced, being reported on Thursday night. Uh, Saunders, the WBO super middleweight champion. Will this fight be at 168? Most likely for Canelo, the four-division world champ. Keith will have thoughts on that and how it came about. And in particular, will we have a Gennady Golovkin fight coming up as well? Uh, here uh, in the fall for Canelo, a third fight in the trilogy for those two guys. And Keith has got some great insight on DAZN, the streaming service, which announced it announced its expansion this week to over 200 different countries and what the leverage play from DAZN is with Canelo 
and a possible third Golovkin fight this fall. So Keith Ida coming up with Marquise Johns later on in the podcast. Again, however you found us through a social media link, uh, through BigFightWeekend.com's website, subscribe to the podcast. If you uh, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, go to Spotify, Spreaker, wherever you find podcasts, subscribe, and the Big Fight Weekend podcast comes automatically to you here as uh, as we get new ones out, usually in the preview mode late in the week. Sometimes we double dip and do a recap podcast like what we did for Wilder and Fury. Most of the time, though, late in the week, Thursday, Friday, etc., We've got a preview podcast for the weekend. That's part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Subscribe, and the new one will come automatically to your phone, your handheld device, your iPad, etc. Subscribe away. Rate us. Review us. It'll move us up in the rankings on any of those services, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts. But yes, subscribe, and Big Fight Weekend comes to you uh, automatically. All right, there you go. Uh, there's the uh, the layout of today's uh, edition of the podcast in the preview mode. Michael Woods coming up straight ahead. Later, Marquise Johns and Keith Idek of BoxingScene.com. Let's get to our guests. Let's start putting up our dukes and talking the fights right now. Well, it is a big weekend in New York, uh, especially for the unbeaten Polish-American heavyweight contender, uh, contender Adam Konowski. And so I'm getting the full New York breakdown a couple of different ways, including with this guy. Love me some Michael Woods, New York Fights, uh, nyfights.com. Great to have you on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And uh, we're still, at the time we're doing the interview, a couple of days away from this one. But what, what do we think here as we ramp up to a heavyweight showdown where Kownowski would like to get in the title picture somehow, some way? Yeah, we're going to do the breakdown. Go ahead and give it to you. Uh, hello, you're, you're a Florida guy. You're a guy <laughs> from, uh, let's see, was he uh, Gainesville or Jacksonville? No, no, we're Sunday. actually in West Central Florida, Marquise and me, so we're getting okay. plenty of sunshine. What do you got in New York right now, about 40, about 30? What do you got? Stop that. You're being mean. See, you're trying to torture me already. No, I think it was like a high of like 52 or something. Wow, you were in like uh, shirt and shorts for New York weather, no, so that's good. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that like stupidly exuberant. But no, I mean, say, listen, if the sun's out, you know, right? The sun's out, I'm happy. We don't get as much as you, but uh, and also anywhere anywhere you live got a little bit of crazy, right? Florida has its stuff, and, and New York has its stuff, and but anywhere that has boxing... We can find nice common ground. Yeah, we got fights at Barclays Center Saturday night. You got Adam Kolsnowski. Kolsnowski. <laughs> it looks like it would be Kaunaki. Uh-huh. And sometimes I probably screw up when I say Kaunaki, but he doesn't hold it against me. He's 20 and old with 15 KOs. And he's, he's a babyface guy. He's 30 years old. And he should win this one. My man, he's in against Robert Hellenius, who is uh, Finnish-Swedish and should be on the downside. Uh, has been in real, you know, pretty tough over the years and my man 36 years old it's not ancient to you and me but for a boxer it's it's getting there so i uh, talked to uh, helenius the other day at the famed and fable gleason's gym during the media workout helenius said swear to god i am feeling as good as i have in like forever i got no injuries coming in so it's going to be like peak me i said all right well like peak you like when when is when do we see uh helenius back this good and so maybe 2015 or something so hey uh, you know we hope for that we we hope for uh, a good fight back and forth and uh good fan friendly action I, I think you're going to get that but i also do think that maybe you're going to get kovnovsky stopping helenius who is really up and down he's very erect right he has chin, leaves the chin up in the air he's um six foot six so a uh, big looping overhand right i think anyone watching this fight should be on the lookout for that 
Well, we do know, and it's been a while, it's been going on seven months now since we last saw Kownowski, if that's how we want to do it for this interview, uh, and Chris Ariola. Uh, and that right. was a punch fest. I mean, both of them yeah. up over a thousand punches, Michael, uh, in that yeah. fight. Uh, the surprising thing to me was even though uh, AK Babyface was able to hit him hard early, he never knocked him down. He never knocked him out. Do we make anything of that now seven months later? Does he need uh, Kanowski to be impressive here? Does he need an early knockout to kind of stir it up among boxing fans? What do you think? You know, ideally, uh, I talked to him for a story I wrote for Bad Left Hook or, or the Ring Rep website, and I basically put it to him. I said, just what you, you asked, same thing. So it looks like we're probably on the page, same page and we're pretty smart. Uh, do you want to impress? Because, right, this is going to be on Fox, over the air Fox. You want to be impressive. If you get the win, it's looking like you get a big fight. Maybe not a title fight, but maybe you do fight an eliminator against an Andy Ruiz, something like that. So... Do you want to be impressive? And Adam is the kind of guy who wants to give the fans their money's worth, right? He's like a real humble, he's like a blue-collar type, truly, really. Like, sometimes people are presented that way, but he really is. He wants anyone going to the arena to get their money's worth, so he would like to do a knockout um, to make them happy. Uh, but he said to me when I posed the question, he's like, well, if only if it was that easy, right? If only you could just snap your fingers and make it happen. Uh, but he has been saying in interviews that he would like to do that. He wants the knockout. So I don't think he's going to get silly or crazy or what have you. Uh, but I think he's going to be gunning for it. Regarding the knockout, though, TJ, uh, as you move up the ladder and you go from being a prospect to a contender and you step up the competition because it's necessarily going to be that way to one gradation or another, you're, you're fighting better people. And this makes sense. Um, these people are going to be harder to knock out. So Chris Ariel is very durable. Uh, he is, you know, 36, 37, 38 even. And that durability is still there. He still got the chin. So uh, it gets harder, right? It gets harder to knock people out. Hellenius, Robert Hellenius is, my man, he's 36 years old. I think he's a little bit more shopworn and a little bit there more so for the taking than an Areola. He's 29 and three, and he's been stopped twice. So, and listen, you and me and most fans, we like that. We like the knockouts. Uh, he was stopped by Gerald Washington, who yep. uh, Kovnowski himself yep. stopped. Right? You do the compare and contrast. So, I think there's a pretty good chance. I think there's a you know good. I want to say. 65% chance that Kovnowski gets the uh, tail, and I just dragged that right out of my butt. So well, that's fine. Guessing, but I'm hoping for a good fight, man. Well, and, and you mentioned the common opponent, Gerald Washington, knocked Hellenius out uh, in July of 2019, back, back now uh, last summer. Uh, but uh, Kownowski made quick work of him, made quick work of Washington back a couple of years ago, actually about a year and a half ago, uh, right before that fight. So that's just interesting right. for how that how that might go. Realistically, here we now know, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pivot to to Fury and Wilder in just a second in full. Sure. But realistically, does Kownowski have a shot in the next six to twelve months of getting in front of either Fury, Joshua, or some version of the heavyweight championship, or is he right now on the out? Side looking in, going to just have to fight contender fights and wait. Well, what we want to do in these situations is we want to take ourselves to a fight news or a, wherever that you like to go that has the aggregate ratings, right? Of all the different sanctioned bodies, 
you want to go and take a look and you want to see where he's situated, okay? We look over WBC. We know that uh, Fury has uh, that belt. He got it off Wilder. Uh, and, and Adam is number six. You look over at WBA. Anthony Joshua holds that belt, and there's a lesser belt that's held by Manuel Char. Who? Who is Manuel Char? A couple <laughs> people, probably 11 people who are listening to your show know who that is. And uh, You presume there are 11 people listening to us. Continue. Yes. I know, I know there are more than 11, bro. <laughs> so uh, Adam is number four in the WBA. So, right, maybe he gets elevated there a little bit more quickly. IBF, where is he rated? He's number three, mm, even a little bit higher. And you've got Pulev fighting Joshua, I think, next. And that IBF title is going to be up for grabs, right? Uh, everyone in their brother is assuming that Joshua wins that one. So I don't think there's any shocker win, and, and, but you do never know, which is why you got to watch it. And then you've got the WBO also. Uh, Joshua holds that one as well, and Adam is number three there. So uh, after you look at the ratings in this kind of scenario, what you want to do is say, all right, who's repping him? Uh, and you know he's a PBC guy, and Keith Connolly handles him. So uh, it, much more of a likelihood that they're going to be keeping it within the family is, is whenever they could. Now Tyson Fury is aligned with uh, Bob Arum, and Anthony Joshua is the Brit who is with uh, Eddie Hearn. So it's not as much uh, like BBC having any sort of hold over the situation here. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. You would be able to better ascertain and say, all right, this is where he's probably going to go after this one if a PBC guy had a belt there. But since they don't, it's a little bit of, hmm, let's got to see how it plays out. Got to see how some of these chips fall in some of these other fights, right? Got to see how uh, Joshua handles Pulev uh, and then go from there. And then, of course, this being boxing, Oftentimes there's silliness with uh, this one or that one dropping that sort of belt, and then there's a vacant belt on the line. And, uh, geez, uh, 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 Adam Kavnovsky would really like a situation like that, right? When you're fighting for uh, a vacant belt and it's just uh, uh, you and another guy who maybe uh, is seeking to make that leap to that next level, right? Uh, so that could happen, too. In other words, we've got to be uh, patient a little bit. Let's see what happens Saturday. Let's see if we get any hints there. Of course, uh, if he wins, and I do expect him to, uh, I'm not certain that we'll be getting uh, many more hints. But we have heard whispers, and no, he wouldn't give it up to me when I said, hey, uh, Andy Ruiz, is that a possibility for your next one? He's really a guy who wants to maintain focus on what the task is at hand and not get ahead of himself, and that's simply smart. So I think we have to circle back to it, see what's going to be next for him if he gets the win on Saturday. And obviously Ruiz, a PBC fighter, that's a good connect the dots, and there's a lot of that out there as well. Michael Woods with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. NYFights.com is his site. Also hear him on his own podcast, the Talk Box podcast. Uh, They're presented by Everlast. Does a great job with his site. Gives us insight up there uh, in Gotham. Uh, Okay, so Wilder and Fury Part 3. It is all but signed. It's not officially announced, but it looks like July right back in Vegas. All right, what's your thought? Do you need to see it a third time? Do you believe it will be any different a third time? What about it? I'm one of those guys, and you tell me afterwards what you are, if you are or you aren't. I'm one of those guys who says, absolutely do it again. And actually, it's a little bit puzzling to me uh, how many people aren't that way. Uh, When I hear people saying, no, I have no need to see uh, Canelo against Golovkin 3, I sometimes I honestly don't know. Are people just being contrarian? Are they just saying, I don't want to see that because... Just reflexively, they're being like, I want to see something that's not inevitable. They're being like stubborn and weird. 
I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm that way with this one. Absolutely bring me a, a third one. The drama for this one is going to be, the storyline is going to be wilder. Can you come back from getting uh, steamrolled? You know, I figure his ego is, is hurting. Hurting for certain, brother. And um, I want to see if he can bounce back. He's been talking big, right? You saw the I Am The King video from uh, right. Friday. And uh, uh, honestly, that makes him, uh, it makes me curious as to uh, how he is uh, mentally, how he's going to be. Talked to Big George Foreman um, before uh, the fight and right after the fight and uh, a week later. And I really wanted to have him help me get a sense of, uh, what's going on in Wilder's head, man, right? What's, you know, you're going to have to bounce back, ego. You're going to have to put that ego back together. And uh, George was great, TJ, because he said, listen, uh, the bottom line for him is be patient. The guy just, he said, uh, you know, give him some breathing room. He just got run over by a truck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so anything that he's saying right after, uh, you know, it might sound a little cuckoo as far as, you know, the excuses go and, uh, the pronouncements about being the king or whatever, just let him settle down a little bit. Don't get too much of in a tizzy. And that was good advice for me because we do, I think I do certainly tend to get into a little bit too much of a tizzy, react a little bit too hard. This is a social media age. Uh, you want that hot take right now. And uh, it is not really generally encouraged for people to just take those deep breaths and ponder it for a while. <laughs> Brother, if I do that, if I take the deep breath and ponder it for a little while, guess what? 19 other people have already written about it. i got to get it out now hot and fresh, right? Um, and so that's not good. That's not good. It's good for getting hit. And you're you're like our camp counselor here. I love this about you with trying yeah. to – and I, I'm with you, by the way. I'm on your side of the aisle here. There okay. is intrigue. Can he be yeah. different? Can he be better? Can he land the big punch? Does Fury do what Andy Ruiz did, which is not yeah. take it seriously, not train right. as hard? Uh, we don't know any of those answers, and that's part of the intrigue oh. of a third fight. And so, and, and the other, and the other part of this too, real quick, Michael. And I want to move yeah. on off of this. Sure. Is sure. if Wilder doesn't do this right now, contractually, right. I don't know that he gets another chance to fight Fury because I don't know how much longer Fury's going to stick around as versus going back to wrestling or trying MMA right. or giving it all right. up. You got to take the opportunity right now to get back in yeah. there and see if you can get the stench off of you and go get the title back. So I'm, I'm completely uh, on board with that. Uh, 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 man, I say that. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, that's one of the things with Fury, too, is um, you know he has said, you know, I'm only doing three more, right? I want to fight AJ. And uh, you know, basically he's trying to give a little sliver of a window for himself there. Uh, you don't know, honestly, if he's BSing or if it's the truth. Right. Uh, he's going to say a lot of things. He's going to be saying things to stir the pot. He's going to be saying things to set up leverage for himself uh, uh, if and when he wants a new contract, that kind of thing. So I don't uh, hold it as gospel if he says, you know, I only got three fights left. Uh, I'm just going to have to, again, wait and see, right. see how it plays out. Uh, he's not an old guy. Yeah, now, what is he, 30? Is he 31? Right. Yes, right. correct. I mean, I think they're 31. 31. Right? Be 32 um, later this year, right? Yes. There you go. He, he, and he certainly seemed joyous and like he was liking the fight game and he wasn't getting burned out and disenchanted. His depression seems to be at bay right now. Uh, but with a guy like him, TJ, it can, honestly, it can be hour to hour. It can be day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. Uh, so I think it's kind of wise with a person like Fury 
not to even try to get into his head or plan too far ahead. He's kind of mercurial. He does. He beats the, the sound of his own drum. He's his own entire band, bro. And so, <laughs> he, he, right? He, he's a different animal. So, uh, trying to guess what he's going to do probably is not the best usage of my time. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Mark yeah. Breland's a New York guy. I got a lot of respect for him. I've interviewed him some. You've been around him a bunch. Is all of this unfair towards him about having thrown the towel in and the disgruntlement on on Wilder's part and even JD's the co-trainer? What do you want to say about that whole situation and whether Breland did the right thing and he's being unfairly singled out for protecting the fighter? Well, it was darn near unanimous, apart from Deontay Wilder and JD's, um, in the aftermath of that fight with those guys saying, J.D. saying, you know, we were have been instructed, never throwing the towel. And you got Wilder following up on it on a, a two days, I think, no Sunday. But Monday he did an interview saying, you know, yeah, I am still pissed about it. I, I understand maybe it came from a point of love, but basically he's telling people that that was an act of insubordination from Mark Breland. And when everyone else, 99% of people are saying, dude, the guy loves you. He, he, he was saving you from yourself. Um, as I've moved further away from it, I was part of that 99% and I still am. Um, but like, oh, 1% of me is like, okay, you do have that one life to live yourself. And I don't get it at all. TJ, he has eight kids. Wilder has eight kids. And I wrote right afterwards. I'm like, man, take a, take a poll with him. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Um, but I mean, you know, different people live lives uh, from a different standpoint. It's a no-brainer to me. It's a no-brainer to you. But then again, mentally, we're not built uh, to have been the heavyweight And Breland has been there. Breland has been there as a world champ. Sure. Breland's been knocked yeah. out. And Breland is much more qualified than all of us. <laughs> looking yeah. right in his face in between rounds over and over again to know his fighter and know that situation. I'll stand by that forever, that he is True. more qualified than the rest of us, uh, right. no matter what the agreement might have been, don't throw the towel. And I think part of it, this is just me, I haven't talked to Mark, but part of it is he knew in the mm-hmm. back of his head, there's a third fight. We can mm-hmm. still win a third fight, maybe. Mm-hmm. If he's seriously yes. hurt or worse, I'm never right. forgiving myself. That's what I think right. part of it was. Uh, I think that's a great assessment. And I think, yeah, that's very pra- uh, pragmatic. I, I know Breland a little bit. I won't say that I know him deeply. I've not, you know, ever sat right. down. I'm, you know, boxing friendly with him for sure. Uh, I feel love for the guy because he's this uh, calm soul, this calm spirit. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to admit that when I'm writing or talking about it. Um, I think more than anything else is just in that moment, he sees a guy that I think he's pretty fond of, right? I think he likes Deontay. They've been together for I, I, probably like eight years, right? And, and, and so he's pretty fond of him. And he's just like, man, I don't want to see a guy I'm pretty fond of getting, getting, getting hurt. Uh, you know, I think it probably, honestly, TJ wasn't even thinking about a third fight. He's just like, I don't want this guy that I like to, to get hurt anymore. He's not defending himself adequately. So here's uh, where I am with it right now. Um, I'm happy because uh, the cooler head has prevailed after mm, about four days or so, five days of uh, thinking about it, and surely heard feedback from all of us, right? 
And Wilder said, you know what? He is going to be part of my team. He is still going to be part of Team Wilder. And so that's that's good news. If that's what he wants to do. Apparently that is what he wants to do. I've been trying to call him. I've been calling him. I've been pestering him, putting the word out. Man, want to check in with him. But he wants to, you know, keep it keep it chill. He, he is, uh, I would say he's kind of a private dude. You know, he's not a mouthy dude. So he picks and chooses what media he does. And uh, so I have heard from him myself there. Uh, but so I'm happy uh, that Wilder did not fire him because then that would have been really seen as, uh, I think, cold and cruel and uh, erroneous because I, I, Breland is like, he, he might not be one of, he might be the nicest guy in boxing, right? Just a good dude. Never heard him say shit, talk crap about people. Just a real nice dude. And nice people deserve good things to happen and not get fired for, well, for when they're doing the right thing. And an argument can be made. If anybody can yeah. help Wilder be different, be better, it's going to be Mark Breland in this situation. Let's see. Let's find out on that. couple minutes left. Michael Woods, nyfights.com, Woodsy1069 on Twitter. Also, the Talk Box podcast, the Everlast Talk yeah. Box podcast. Uh, as well. All right, I made uh, mention a little while ago that Canelo Alvarez and DAZN president or uh, chief executive John Skipper apparently had a face-to-face meeting recently where Skipper is trying to lock in the next three fights, that the May fight is going to apparently be Billy Joe Saunders of England. I don't know how much the public cares. Canelo fans are going to be excited for Canelo no matter if he's fighting Billy Joe Saunders or if he's fighting you or me or 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 some other guy. Yeah, yeah or Colonel Sanders or anybody else. Okay, sure. but the sure. the real uh, hook here is that DAZN wants the Golovkin, the triple three, the triple G yeah. third fight. That's why they did right. a massive deal in the first oh, place with Canelo, right is on. they want that third fight. Okay, play uh, Crystal Ball, play uh, play Soothsayer here. How realistic is it that we're going to get this third fight maybe in the fall like they want? Is it like 10%, 25%, 50% that we see it again? Higher. 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 Oh, good. Now, here's the thing, man. Uh, when I heard that, and I talked to a DAZN person the day before that and didn't know that this meeting was coming, and I was like, I tipped my cap to Canelo. And I said, man, this guy is, he's, he's an operator, bro. He's an operator uh, in this manner. The dude who had the contract worth $360 million, right? $36 million, approximately a fight. Um, he has managed to come back to the bargaining table with the CEO and say, you know what? I- I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't really want to do it. And therefore, you got to sweeten the pot a little bit for me. The pot is already immense, dude. The pot <laughs> is amazingly humongous. And he's managing to get them to sweeten the pot. Brother, that is a businessman. That's a freaking businessman. Um, he leveraged it masterfully. And by the way, he, he worked this. And I'm not saying that it was work or a con, but he constructed it this way for like a year. He's, you know, after the second one, you would have expected, all right, we're going to do a third one. A lot of interest there. That's why we signed you for this deal. Everyone assumed it. But TJ, you know this. Your mom told you this or grandma, what have you. Maybe it was a teacher, you know, in fourth grade when you were bad. When you assume, 
you make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> all of us assumed, bro. All of us assumed that, of course, that's why they signed the deal. Of course, they're going to do a third one. And Canelo's like, show me. Show me where it says that in the contract. Show me where it says that I have to do that because I'm the one driving this train, man. Right? And then then they're like, oh, shoot. He is the one driving the train. And to their credit, to the credit of the people at uh, the zone, John Skipper, he didn't let his ego get in the way, TJ. Because he could have. Because maybe I would have. Right? Right. Maybe maybe I would have said, my friend, uh, Mr. Red. You see that that contract there, and 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 all them zeros, and 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 we're paying you more than handsomely. And um, come on, bro, you know, you know, you know what this date was all about. You know what the end game was. Um, we're making you wealthy beyond mm, probably your wildest dreams. So let's do the right thing here. And in, in other words, you could have gotten pissed, TJ. Sure, he could have dug in there a little bit. And been like, no, this is a lot of money. This is, you know, if he wanted to be really jerky or if he just wanted to uh, speak from his heart, he could have said, you're actually getting paid more than more than you're worth. Right. Well, certainly, certainly at 30, at 35 million, right. At 35 million a fight, is DAZN getting 35 million worth of bang for the buck for the first three fights with Nunnery McGlovkin? We know this. This is the common sense part. Absolutely. Right. Props to John Skipper for keeping his head. Now, TJ, I think it might be a little bit easier if TJ or Mike Wood were in the Skipper spot. A little bit easier to hold your head if you have, uh, I don't want to say endless, uh, if you're bringing money out of a, a, a really big vault, right? Like, uh, I, it's easier for me to not get angry if it's like, oh, okay, I can bring this guy to the table, giving him another sack of cash that, that, that isn't mine and that they're not going to be too mad at me for using. So, right? Does that make sense? Like, if oh, sure. Doing me, it was like, okay, but... I give Skipper credit because I would have, I maybe would have been earth. So I'm giving credit to Skipper. I'm giving credit to Canelo for being a good businessman. And I'm saying, yeah, man, we're definitely going to get that one in the fall. And I'm all happy for it because I don't, I don't try to make this too complicated. Uh, the people, especially the younger people, no offense to younger people, but especially younger people is like, oh, I don't need to see a third one. Ooh, okay. Well, what three sites are, are better ones? That's for Canelo that you're coming up with. <laughs> there you from. go. Uh, That's it. An all-time eternal rival. So, yeah, yep. I'm happy to see that. Bring it on. Let's let's hope that we get that again. I love uh, chatting with this man. He's gracious to give me the time that he's given us. Uh, the, the Talk Box Podcast. Look for it where you find podcasts: iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere that you find podcasts. NYFights.com. Lots of coverage of the heavyweight uh, card, and we got FA Ajagba also as the co-main event Saturday at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. You're going to be writing all about it. Preview mode, yeah. post-fight mode. NYFights.com. They can True. find you at Woodsy1069 on social media as well. Michael Woods, always a treat. Let's hope we get some good fights this weekend and we rock on. And if you let us bother you later on, we'd love to bother you again down the road on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, sir. Absolutely. Unequivocally, yes. Send me the link when it's up, and I'm going to tweet the hell out of it because I enjoy talking to you and I appreciate you asking me, pal.
Thanks again to Michael Woods, NYFights.com. He'll be in and around all those matches this weekend. A lot of heavyweights on that card, that Premier Boxing Champions card coming up on Fox on Saturday night here. We remind you that Big Fight Weekend is brought to you in part by the Play Pick 6 mobile app. Wherever you're hearing us, show what you know with Play Pick 6. Tons of college basketball in addition to the boxing. Now going on this week for Championship Week next week and the NCAA tournament coming up. Download for free the Play Pick 6 mobile app. You've got a great chance to win a sports-themed restaurant gift card through Play Pick 6 by simply picking six games correct in either college hoops or, look, mix and match with the NBA and the NHL. A lot of these prediction games uh, and apps don't let you cross over sports. Play Pick 6 does. Download it. It takes less than a couple of minutes to download and sign up, and boom, you're ready to go. Pick any six games. All exclusive to college hoops or mix and match with the NBA, the NHL. Here's another great feature. If if on these college basketball Saturdays with the blur of games, or early on in the day, one of your six games loses out on play pick six, go ahead and pick six more. As long as there's enough games still going on in the mountain time zone, the western time zones, to pick six more, mix and match, college, NBA, NHL, you're golden to pick again in the same day. And a sports-themed restaurant gift card awaits you. It's very simple. Download the app through Play Pick 6 uh, in the Apple Store or in the Google Play Store. Go to playpick6.com to find out more about the rules, etc. on how to play, but it takes less than three minutes. It's absolutely free, free, free to sign up. Show what you know. Download it now. Pick those games all through March for the College Hoops and much more with Play Pick 6. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We do roll on. We get ready for the heavyweights fighting PBC on Fox Saturday night. It is the Big Fight Weekend podcast. A reminder again, wherever you found the podcast, subscribe to it. It'll come automatically to you. Whether you found us on Spreaker, subscribe there. Subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Comes automatically to you whenever there's a preview of Big Fights. Sometimes we come in in the recap mode as well. You'll get the show automatically if you subscribe, rate us, and review us. We love that as well. We also love these next two guests that are coming on. You know the senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, Mr. Marquise Johns. Week Sauce, how you feeling right now headed to the weekend? Absolutely excited, TJ. Uh, biggest fight of the weekend, as you well know, uh, Huey Fury, Pavel Sauer. <laughs> Cannot wait. Yeah, I don't know that that's the biggest, uh, either in uh, actual or in figurative landscape. A man that will straighten us out is a man that has been covering that PBC main event uh, with Adam Kownowski getting ready to put his unbeaten record on the line as a heavyweight contender. Keith Eidick from BoxingScene.com, senior writer and columnist, is back with us. Keith, always good to have you. Uh, and, and we're ready for lots of heavyweight action all over the place, but in particular in New York. How are you feeling, sir? I'm feeling great, and I must say that Marquise is alone in that thought. For sure. <laughs> and it's not the first time, nor that it will be the last time, that Marquise stands alone on certain opinions and certain thoughts. Uh, so let's lean on you, uh, Mr. Idick, because you were around uh, the pre-fight buildup the Thursday at the time we're taping press conference. Kownowski is obviously favored, unbeaten, very popular. We've had you on before talking about him. What did you make of being around he and Robert Hellenius the uh, the opponent, kind of a journeyman veteran opponent. What what do you make about being around those guys as the buildup of the fight continues? Well, Konoski, you know he he's looking at this as a as a 
not the most difficult fight of his career, but there's a little more pressure on him than there is on Hellenius in the sense that Hellenius has lost three times in his career. He was a guy who was very highly regarded earlier in his career, suffered a few losses, most recently a knockout loss to Gerald Washington, a fight that he was winning before he got caught with the right hand. Uh, so there's not a lot of pressure on him coming into the fight in the sense that this is all built around Konoski. He, you know, he's the draw. He's becoming a bigger and bigger draw at Barclays Center. He has a, a, a large, loyal following of Polish boxing fans. They're, they think they might get more than 10,000 people in the building on Saturday night, which is pretty remarkable considering, you know, Hellenius is not very well known in the United States, is not a, a you know, an, an A-plus opponent by any stretch. Uh, so to be able to get that kind of crowd in the building on Saturday really speaks to how much Konoski is developing a fan base. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of pressure on him going into this fight, and he's trying to stay on course to get a heavyweight title shot. They had hoped that that fight would come against Deontay Wilder at the Barclays Center either later this year or early in 2021. But, of course, we all know what happened in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago, so that's on the back burner for now. Um and, you know, Konoski just has to keep winning so he can get a title shot at some point. Okay, so a quick follow-up on that. I already asked Michael Woods earlier with us from NYFights.com, does Konoski need to be spectacular? It was an entertaining, high volume of punches fight last August with Chris Ariola, but there wasn't a knockdown, there wasn't a knockout. What's your opinion, Keith? Uh, I mean, with any, with any one of these situations, if you're spectacular, it helps. I guess, does he need to be more impressive than a solid 12-round decision Saturday night, Kownowski? What do you say? It would certainly help. It's not necessary, I wouldn't say, but it would certainly help build his brand if he's able to do that because Hellenius is a guy who has been knocked out before twice. Uh, so, you know, it would be better for him if he wins by knockout. I know some people around him are confident that he will knock out Hellenius within four or five rounds, which, you know, really speaks to what they think about Hellenius, I guess. But uh, if he does that, I mean, of course, that's another very good win for him in the sense that, you know, he blew out Gerald Washington when he fought at Barclays Center, I guess it was about 13 or 14 months ago. Uh, you know, he blew out Gerald Washington in a way that Washington had not been beaten before, even by Deontay Wilder. So that was a very impressive win for Konoski. And, you know, he the Areola fight, while he didn't, there weren't any knockdowns in the fight and it went the distance, it was a very entertaining fight. Uh, they set records, they set copybox records for punches thrown by heavyweights, yep. punches landed by heavyweights. So it was a very entertaining fight. It was fun to watch in person and on television. Drew pretty good ratings in the summer. Um, you know, it's, it's always difficult to get to get good ratings during the summer months, and they did pretty well. So um, his fights are generally entertaining fights, whether they're shorter or distance fights. His fight against Charles Martin's another good example. That was a back and forth fight that was full of action. Uh, so usually, you get your money's worth when Adam Konofsky fights. All right, Marquise, kind of the same question here. In your mind, uh, for the buildup of this, does he need to be spectacular here to make himself more marketable? Kownowski, we're talking about. Actually, TJ, I'm going to go against the grain on all of this. I don't think he has to, only because I think his path uh, in terms of fighting, uh, pretty much in terms of opponents, is kind of set essentially. Uh, I think this fight, uh, Keith can confirm if I'm wrong on this, uh, this is one of those wacky WBA title eliminators, whatever have you on that. But <laughs> uh, the main thing with him is I think this fight on the back end, because I know he is still ranked in the IBF uh, number two or one actually behind uh, uh, the mandatory pool of at that point. Uh, this is setting up at some point to, for Konoski winner, I think more likely once he gets by Hellenius, which everyone's expecting here. 
uh, the rematch, as uh, you guys mentioned before, with 2018 that he had with Charles Martin, which was a close fight. So I think it, if he wins, I think that fight's all but going to be the next step for Konowski at, at the end of the day for all of this. And then we'll go from there. And hopefully, if Wilder gets his belt back in July against uh, Fury, and we'll see how, how that changes the landscape in 2021 for him. Uh, the name Andy Ruiz has been kicked around, too, as a PBC fighter. Keith, what are you hearing, and do you buy that that could be a future opponent uh, later this year for Kownowski, that Ruiz, who, who lost the belts back to Anthony Joshua last December, might be the next guy? Uh, no, I don't, actually. And I don't think he's going to fight Charles Martin again either. But um, I, I would wow. like to see that fight, but I don't, but I don't think that that will happen. Um, I, as far as Ruiz goes, I would be surprised if he did not fight Chris Ariola next. Reason being, Ariola was respectable enough against Konoski that um, you can sell him again, uh, you know, especially in the sense that it's a comeback fight for Ruiz, you know, trying to rebuild himself after the loss to Joshua. He's still only, you know, eight or nine months removed from pulling off one of the biggest upsets in heavyweight history. So you can bring them to Southern California. They're both Southern California fighters, Ariola from Riverside, um, Ruiz from Imperial, a little farther south in, uh, in California. So that would be a pretty good fit. A lot of Mexican-American fight fans, obviously, in Southern California. I think that fight would do well, and I think it would be a pretty entertaining fight also. And I think, as I said, it's a reasonable fight for Ruiz to take coming off his loss to Joshua. Um, would I rather see him fight Adam Konoski? Sure. But I don't think that that's going to happen next. I think uh, I, I don't know who Konoski's going to fight next, but I just, from what I've been led to believe from, from uh, people involved, a rematch against Charles Martin is, is not one of the fights that they're considering. Although, based on what Marquise is saying, it makes perfect sense because, well, it doesn't make perfect sense. It makes no sense that Charles <laughs> Martin is now the number. Charles Martin is now the number two contender in the IBF, and Adam Konoski is number three, even, even though, though he beat him yeah. over a year, year and a half ago. But, because right, it's right. boxing, so he won, he won you could have just stopped okay. with it's boxing rankings, and none of it makes sense. Exactly. We've of, done this for course, too long course, now. Yeah. yeah, of course. But by, by knocking out Gerald Washington, whom Konoski has already beaten, he somehow is number two in the rankings and Konofsky's number three. But uh, just going back to also to what Marquise was mentioning about the WBA, he is, it is a WBA eliminator and, and uh, Konofsky who's number four in the WBA rankings will move up, but I'm not sure exactly when he would get a title shot based on that. Because as we know, unfortunately the WBA has three heavyweight champions. (laughs) (laughs) Theoretically, theoretically, Trevor Bryan was supposed to get a title Marquise shot. Marquise is years, not Marquise confirmed. It's uh, confirmed Marquise is not going to get the title shot on the WBA list anytime before 2029. <laughs> so we do know that they just make it but up that as we they do go. Say with yeah. yeah, no. So I don't. Yeah. So I mean, the short answer is, I, I, your guess and anyone else's is as good as mine in terms of when he would actually get a WBA title shot. But theoretically, that would move him closer. A win on Saturday night would move him closer to a title shot. Okay. Uh, again, we discussed these things with Keith Eidick, BoxingScene.com, senior writer and columnist. He is right there in the greater New York area getting ready for the PBC on Fox main event show. Uh, by the way, Marquise, you're very interested as well in the co-main event, F.A. Ajagba, uh, who last time out was in a real brawl, got knocked down uh, last time in his, in his PBC kind of uh, co-main event debut uh still won that fight by knockout and now we're anxious to see what he does in the co-main event this time on saturday right marquise 
Absolutely, TJ. Looking forward to that one, actually, Keith. That, that, that's the fight that I'm looking forward to on this card, uh, albeit mainly to see how uh, F.A. Jogbe improves in terms of his footwork and how he can actually avoid a couple of punches going this go-around. Because that fight he had in the, against Kilgadazi on that uh, Harrison-Charlo uh, card was amazing. And that third round is one of the nuttier things I've ever seen where uh, Kildazi did this whole drunken samurai thing and <laughs> caught <laughs> a Jogbe with a, with a punch, and then he got knocked him down for the first time in his career. Uh, they mentioned in uh, leading up to this fight that they improved his footwork and working with his head moving to make sure he doesn't get hit as much. Uh, also, the, the, the opponent that uh, Ajagba is facing, I want to say it's Ronnie, uh, uh, correct me if I'm keeping it's uh, uh, Kozu, I want to say. It's, uh, the it's Romanian what it looks one. like. Right, it's what it looks like. Correct. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's his uh, la- Roz, Rozvan Kajanu. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kajanu, yeah. okay. Kajanu. Yeah, his last uh, four opponents uh, who he's been stopped by, uh, not counting the uh, the one he got in Mexico that no one's ever t- paid attention to, uh, his last four opponents were Nathan Gorman, Luis Ortiz, Daniel Dubois, Joseph Parker. Big name games and heavyweight guys, top 10 guys. All of them he lost. So I expect the Jaguar to do pretty much the same thing. It's, it's more of a tune-up for him and to make him look like the big monster that he is. All right. Interesting stuff uh, on this. Uh, Keith, we have not had you on. Marquise and I have talked at length with guests. We've written about uh, Wilder Fury, a third goal around. Uh, it, was pre- it was pretty well understood that no matter who won, the loser was going to invoke the third fight clause in the contract. Uh, okay, to you, the same kind of question we've been asking to others and to each other. Uh, does this interest you and excite you that we would get this a third time this quickly later this summer, likely in July, Wilder Fury? Yeah, it certainly interests me because we want to see how Deontay Wilder bounces back from what was a terrible loss a couple of weeks ago. I think you know he's he's made a lot of um, strange excuses, of course, over the last you know two weeks or whatever since the fight happened. But and there's been a lot of public backlash as far as that goes. Uh, I think Deontay Wilder would have been better served if the if this costume, for lack of better words, was really impactful. If it really did affect his legs and zapped his energy, and he didn't quite realize it until he took it off in the ring. If there is any validity to that, he probably should have just kept it to himself because there no good could have come of it in terms of what people were going to say about it. Uh, it's, it's not going to, there's not going to be any positive reaction to that. And the, the one thing I will say is, is Wilder did preface, he, he did make several excuses, but he did preface all of it by saying, look, I'm not blaming anyone else for this. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying, this is why this happened. So I take full responsibility for it. I'm the one who decided to put, wear this costume uh, or outfit, uh, you know, so it's on me. He, he's not like trying to say that he's not, that he's blameless in all of this, but it, it, it was such a preposterous excuse that, you know, the, the reaction has been, as Marquise knows, and as you know, TJ, it's been, he's been getting killed for the last couple and of rightfully weeks. So. So, yeah. And, yeah. Right, and rightfully so. And rightfully so because of it. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. So, so we just need to see how he, you know, mentally, physically, all of it, how he responds from the first loss of his career. No confirmation that Keith Eidick will be dressed in a similar costume for Halloween this year. We'll have to wait for October to find out that officially or not. Marquise Tyson Fury was on British TV Wednesday. We wrote about this on BigFightWeekend.com, but I'll I'll talk about it for just a second here. He gave an exclusive, long-form TV interview with his wife by his side on a British morning show where he basically said when they asked him 
Um, you know, hey, what about the wilder excuses? He said, you know, I understand that you're looking for a reason why. Uh, you know, I don't blame him for looking for a reason why, whatever it is, whether it's the costume, whether it's uh, that you got hit with a punch that you didn't see. Um, you know, so he was almost in some ways understanding about that. Of course, Fury's never lost to, as a professional to make an excuse. He's had one draw. He's never lost. I thought that was interesting. Also interesting that he and his wife repeatedly talked about what's going to be different this time, Marquise and Keith, from when he defeated Klitschko, climbed the mountain, and then really went off the deep end in terms of partying, in terms of depression, ballooning up to nearly 400 pounds. They, they both talked about having a different plan about how staying healthy, staying in training, eating the right food, staying in the routine is going to be critical here. So, Marquise, with all of that being said, what, what do you make of, uh, of Fury's pledge, if you will, that he's going to behave, that he's not, he's not going to cost himself away from the ring before this rematch? What do you think? Well, it's always a wait and see with anything in terms of what they say as, as, as time goes on. But I think Fury is being serious when he says this because, yeah, let's be honest, guys. You, you, you can only do so much coke and random hookers and whatnot before you get caught again. <laughs> so at some point, you have to stop, right? Uh, so I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm, for some, no. But I, I wouldn't know. But for some, no. But continue, yes. Yeah. I'm, this, yes, I'm taking the assumption is that he's going to only because if he doesn't stop, something else will stop him for him. So <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to bet that he will in terms of that, just being a, a better champion in, in terms of that, right? Also, because I really think, TJ, I, he's been saying this and he's been baiting this at verbatim. He's two fights now in this top rank deal and he's done. So we've, we've seen him. We've, we've seen him. We've seen him sing, sing all, the rec- all the songs in the, in the cover records. We've seen him in WWE. He's trying to do as many other things as possible on his way out to get his name known and seen. So I really think, honestly, guys, he may just be the next guy who's going to take these next two fights. Either if he beats Wilder again in the third go round, and we we get to hear the uh, the, the hullabaloo about the Joshua Fury fight if that if that comes to fruition, and then that's it. We'll see what happens. He's only thirty-one. Keith, do you buy that we really are only going to see Tyson Fury no matter what two more times? Do you buy that? Well, I think it depends because if it's it's possible, say he beats Deontay Wilder in their third fight, and then he goes and fights Anthony Joshua, and then there's demand for a second Anthony Joshua fight, no matter who wins. There's a lot of money he'd be leaving on the table, and he's still pretty young. So, I would suspect that you know if he makes he could he could make somewhere near a hundred million dollars combined for his next two fights because that Joshua fight is going to be so big. And there's going to be a lot of money offered to bring that fight all over the world, including Saudi Arabia. Uh, He's going to make a lot of money. So I I think if there's that opportunity for a second fight against Joshua, if it goes the way I just explained, I I could see him fighting a third time. And and these guys, as you guys well know, these guys always say that they're going to retire and then they don't. And and then they do retire and then they come back five times. So if there's a lot of money on the table, he has five children uh, it's never enough money when you have five children and you live the type of lifestyles a lot of these guys live. So, and I hope just you know, I know Marquise was joking before, but you know, it, the guy obviously has some serious issues and uh, and some serious addiction issues. So hopefully he remains busy and continues fighting in a way where he'll he'll be able to stay in training and kind of keep on course and and avoid these problems that that almost cost him his life a couple of years ago. Well said on that. A few more minutes with Keith Idick, senior writer, BoxingScene.com. He'll be covering uh, the Adam Kownowski-Robert uh, Hellenius fight, uh, PBC on Fox main event. 
uh, the heavyweight contender fight Saturday night, Barclays Center, Brooklyn. Uh, we love picking his brain on all subjects uh, here about this. Uh, Marquise Johns also with me, senior fighter, uh, senior uh, writer, BigFightWeekend.com, hanging out on the podcast for a few more moments. Okay, so at the time that we're rolling here on the podcast, it looks like it is official that it is May 2nd for Canelo Alvarez, Las Vegas, and Billy Joe Saunders is the opponent, WBO super middleweight champ. It presumably is for Saunders' belt, Saunders' WBO belt, whatever that flaky WBA version of the belt that uh, at 168 that Canelo has, I guess, would be on the line as well. Uh, Marquise, to you uh, first, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 on the interest meter, this is for you. It's a solid six and a half, honestly, TJ. <laughs> six and a half. That's about, six and a half. That's about three more than I thought you were going to give it. Okay, good. Go ahead. Well, and it's only—it's mainly because TJ. I remember talking to you and, and keep. I was—we had on previous podcasts a while back. Uh, Jake Donovan, your buddy, uh, on uh, mentioning how I mentioned that TJ as well and Jake as well. I fought this whole thing. Uh, they, you mentioned like you know Canelo fighting in Japan. We go over here. As I mentioned before, I thought it was going to be a big smoke screen because at the end of the day, we, we was going to get Billy Joe Saunders. And once the money came through from DAZN or whoever's financing this fight, who knows? And that, that's, what, that's what we're getting right now. The, the, the interesting thing about this matchup, TJ, that it, Billy Joe Saunders is a Southpaw, and they, they showed uh, Canelo training on his Twitter and social, you know, practicing against Southpaws ahead of time. So pretty much everyone knew at that point the writing was on the wall. Just a, They were just waiting for the announcement. Uh, Really interesting to see how Canelo will adjust to that style of just with Saunders itself, because Saunders himself is not exactly the most entertaining of fighters, personally. But to be to be fair, neither these last two Canelo fights. So we'll see what happens with that too. I'm I'm more interested than I expected to be, but for for this matchup, TJ, it's out of the options that they were given to him. He's the best of what they had to choose from. So Interesting. I'll, I'll accept it and move on. All right. So, Keith, same question, your interest meter. And, and is it the bigger carrot here, what your colleague Thomas Hauser wrote about on BoxingScene.com earlier in the week, that apparently as part of this, the, the quasi-agreement again is you're going to fight Golovkin the third time in the fall here in sequence. Uh, what about both of those points? How interested are you? And what are we going to get a Golovkin fight? And how interested are you in that trilogy third fight later this year, uh, Canelo and, and, and Golovkin, if that's it? Uh, you know, I'm somewhat interested in the Billy Joe Saunders fight because Billy Joe Saunders is one of those guys more than most guys where he fights up and down to the level of competition. When he felt that he was in a dangerous fight against David Lemieux, we saw the best performance of his career. Now, David Lemieux will never be confused for Canelo Alvarez, and I'm not saying that, but but this is a, a, an even more dangerous fight, and Billy Joe Saunders is not really a super middleweight. He's really a middleweight who just doesn't want to train, basically, so um, or, or, or get down to 160 pounds. So he's a naturally a 60-pounder, so he's giving away a lot of uh, advantages to Canelo Alvarez going into this fight. But he's a tricky guy to fight. He's, he's got a very high ring IQ. And he could make it a complicated fight for Canelo. But I would expect, of course, Canelo to win. And from Canelo's perspective, it would legitimize him more as a 168-pound champion. Because while technically they can call him a four-division champion, we all know that Rocky Fielding was not the real WBA super middleweight champion. That's Callum Smith, who was the other fighter Canelo was considering for this fight. And Callum Smith had knocked out Rocky Fielding in the first round of their fight three years before he fought Canelo. So, um, you know, so he was the real champion. That that title is kind of tainted. 
So this at least gives Canelo an opportunity to to call himself a four division champion more legitimately than he can now. Uh, as far as the Golovkin thing goes, I, I'm st- stunned that it didn't take longer that it took this long, I should say, for them to get to this point where they said, "Look, if you don't fight Gennady Golovkin, you're not fighting." They're paying this guy a massive amount of money for 30, uh, roughly $35 million per fight. And he was refusing to fight the one guy that they wanted him to fight right. above all others. That, that this lasted as long as it did was astounding to me. When because you say, if I can interrupt, say, oh. when you say you're not fighting, you mean they would just dump out of the contract? They would freeze no, him out from no, being able no, to no. fight anybody else? What do you mean? They, they, would, they would not terminate the contract, but they would say, hey, look, you want to play a game of chicken with us? Okay. Well, you're not going to fight until you agree to fight Golovkin, meaning they would let him fight Saunders because that's where they're at right now, and they needed to have this fight you know, to, to help launch their new global expansion and everything. And, and by the way, this fight, the uh, Billy Joe Saunders fight in England will be on DAZN in England, which is a pretty important distinction for UK fight fans anyway. It's not going to be on Sky Sports. It'll be on DAZN in the UK. Um, but, but anyway... The, then after that, they would have said, hey, look, if you don't fight Golovkin in September, then then you'll just sit out until you until you agree to fight him. Interesting. I mean, that's not a situation you, think you, it's not you're a reporting, situation you want to get into. You're it. reporting at Boxing Scene. Thomas is reporting your sources. You believe that that's the leverage play right now, that that's what's forthcoming. If he won't agree to do it, he may not fight again the rest of the year. It's a game of chicken going on right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a game that the zone might might eventually back down from because they have in the past because they've wanted him to fight Golovkin now. But why they signed Gennady Golovkin to a nine-figure contract specifically so they could get the third fight against Canelo Alvarez and then did not get it on paper, which I, I can't quite understand either. But, <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> you know, that's not something you want to take a gentleman's agreement on yeah. with a nine-figure contract. This is boxing. This is boxing. Yes, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But but to, to not have gotten that fight, guys, at, at this point it is perplexing, and now they're kind of in a position where they're making him do it. So that's a good thing. How about that? Uh, Marquise, your reaction to all of that? Very interesting, what Keith is saying to us and essentially reporting to us here on the podcast. What's your reaction real quick? It is. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we actually are getting this fight at least so we can put it to bed at this point because at this point, Golovkin's uh, 37 going on 80, and uh, <laughs> he, he can only face you know the, the Sorrentas of the world and the Derrichenko mandatories and the Steve Rolls of, of, you know, of, of the division before he actually has to fight somebody again to, to uh, essentially show his age at this point. Uh, it, is, it is interesting because I always wonder, the whole point of these guys signing on to this network was to launch this third fight. I mean, it's not rocket science if anyone's been paying attention to the first two fights, right? And my thinking was, the longer they wait on this, maybe they just finally realized they saw the returns on this Wilder Fury rematch and saw the same figures that that turned out, and that was a joint pay-per-view project. And now they're waiting on this one from this, this pay-per-view that should have happened at least, let's be honest, at the latest last September. And now we're waiting a year after this for that one. Maybe, maybe just trying to avoid the same damage. Maybe. All right. Final couple of minutes here. That's the voice of Marquise John, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. Love Keith Idick with us. He's gracious with his time here. Senior writer and columnist, boxingscene.com. We'll see what gets announced and if it is announced as, as all three of them. Hey, back to the point, Keith, that you're making. There's a lot of speculation that, uh, that Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing uh, essentially will combine their promotion 
promotion with DAZN and that it may doom Sky Sports in terms of boxing pay-per-views and that kind of stuff. Because again, in the UK, where there are millions of fight fans, Sky Sports has been the biggest outlet, the biggest pay-per-view outlet. What do you what do you read into this DAZN ex- expansion, and, and what do you maybe know about that part of it? Because obviously we have fans that that listen to us and find us over in Europe and in the UK. They're wondering about all of this with DAZN announcing, "Hey, we're going to be in two hundred countries now." It'll be interesting to see what happens when Sky's contract ends with uh, with Eddie with Matchroom next year. I believe it's sometime in 2021 is when the contract uh, comes to an end. But uh, it'll be for British fight fans. If you're able to get, I've been led to believe that the zone will cost as little as five pounds. They haven't officially announced it yet, but as little as five pounds per month in the UK. So if you were able to get all of the fights uh, that you ordinarily would have to pay 20 pounds for, because the pay-per-views are a lot cheaper in the UK than they are in the U S uh, but if you could get that for five pounds as opposed to paying 20 pounds or 25 pounds every time there's a fight on Sky Sports box office, which is their pay-per-view arm, uh, you'd be getting a sweet deal. Even if they upped it to 10 pounds per month, you'd still be getting a much better deal and more value for your money than you're getting with Sky. I, I don't think Sky will go down without a, you know, with an intense fight because Sky is the equivalent of ESPN in the UK. So they've got a lot, they've got deep pockets and a lot of resources. So I think that, you know, they'll try to make it as intense a battle as they can, but this is really DAZN's power play uh, because in the UK, as you guys well know, boxing is extremely popular. It's much more popular there than it is here. Uh, so that that's a huge market for them. They're also expanding into Russia, Australia, India, massive, massive mm. places. Some of them, you know, India, I don't think boxing is all that popular in India, but it is in Australia and it is in Russia and other places where they're, they're moving into. So I thought that was, uh, you know, to move into nearly 200 markets is, uh, is a sign that the zone is not moving away from boxing like some people might think. And oh, by the way, because I know enough about this, having been in the media for 25 years, Keith, you know it too, Marquise, you know it too, it ain't going to get cheaper on DAZN for customers in the U.S. or anywhere else. It's only going to get more expensive, particularly when they're mentioning the three letters NFL, which John Skipper was earlier in the week, that they want to bid on NFL streaming rights to be able to show live games. Eventually, that kind of cost is going to get passed on to the consumer we'll see how it all sorts out but DAZN has got a ton of money invested right now in Canelo in boxing let's see where it leads we know where we're leading for this weekend uh Kownowski Hellenius is the heavyweight showdown Barclays Center Keith Eidick uh we always love your insight I know you'll be reporting on that fight writing about it before and after and everything that goes on on that fight card we love uh, reading you. We love you uh, hanging out with us on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Thank you, my friend. I always appreciate the insight and the time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the kind words and the time, and I'll uh, see you guys soon. There's Keith Eidick, Marquise Johns. Great stuff, as always. Uh, promote away. I know uh, we got big stuff coming this weekend in the preview mode and the recap mode with everything happening. Absolutely, uh, TJ. But before I run out of here, uh, as always, find me on Twitter at Weak Sauce Radio. Still my favorite pound for pound best Twitter handle on the planet. I challenge anyone in boxing Twitter to challenge you <laughs> otherwise. Also, I wanted to make a quick note, TJ. Uh, there was a great matchroom boxing card that was this past weekend in the U.S. Uh, unfortunately, the fine folks in the U.K. get in the main event Scott Quigg and uh, Joan O'Carroll. Most know Joan O'Carroll in the U.S. as the guy uh, Tevin Farmer beat up on in Philadelphia in his homecoming bout to, uh, when he was IBF champion at one point. Uh, that's the main event going on there. That's pretty much the only 
fight card that they have of note in the main event in that one over there going on during the daytime on the zone, uh, which you can see in the Saturday afternoons. Uh, also, uh, as always, TJ, BigFightWeekend.com, where you can find uh, all, all things uh, past, present, future in the world of boxing news and events. Uh, also, the Twitter handle, at BigFightWeekend as well. Love that. Follow Keith, by the way. I think I mentioned it once. I'll mention it again here. Idick Boxing to follow Keith. Follow Boxing Scene on Twitter as well and BoxingScene.com. Gentlemen, thank you. And we thank all the audience for being with us as well. Thank you also to Michael Woods of NYFights.com. He's going to be there for the Kownowski fight as well with Keith and all the New York media in and around it for Saturday night, PBC on Fox. That'll do it right here for our little podcast. Again, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, you'll get the latest edition of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. For my guests, for Michael Woods, for Keith Eidick, for Marquise Johns, thanks for being with us. Enjoy the fights. Bye.
And there they go. Thanks again uh, to my guys there at the end. Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Keith Eidick, BoxingScene.com, columnist, senior writer. He'll be covering the Kownowski fight with Robert Hellenius, as will our first guest, Michael Woods, NYFights.com. Love the insight of both of those guys. Find Michael's podcast wherever you find podcasts, the Talk Box podcast presented by Everlast. And again, read Keith on BoxingScene.com for his coverage of the fights this weekend. Marquise Johns does a great job. He and I tag team in that site, Big fightweekend.com and the podcast as well. Marquise will have previews, recaps, etc. as we march through March here uh, with some of the big time fights. Again, subscribe to this podcast however you found it. Social media link through bigfightweekend.com stories. Wherever you found the podcast, subscribe to us. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get those podcasts, subscribe. It'll come automatically to you. Usually late in the week in the preview mode on Thursday and Friday comes right to you. You get the ding on the phone. You're all good here with Big Fight weekend i am merely tj reeves enjoy the boxing let's see if ak babyface is outstanding with a big knockout on saturday night to make himself more marketable here in the rest of 2020 or not enjoy all the fights and thank you for being with us here on the big fight weekend podcast bye